0: Welcome to week two of uh, Truly Free, and uh, today, uh, if you're taking notes, uh, my message title is A Season of Yes, A Season of Yes, and let's um, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for truth. Holy Spirit, we invite you, we welcome you right now to lead and guide and to direct our thoughts and our hearts that we would hear not from me today, but we would hear directly from you, directly from the throne room. We love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, last week we got this ladder, and we talked about how we have Jesus at the top. And when Jesus is at the top, the Holy Spirit is then going to infiltrate all the different areas of our life. It's our marriage, our careers, our kids, our times, our worries, um, our fears, you know, our desire for a beach house. I am believing for a beach house. Come on. Thank you, Vanessa. You stand in faith with me? That's what I'm talking about, girl. There we go. If you don't want to be child, I'll take yours. I'll take two, okay? But when all these things are flowing correctly, it's because Jesus is really at the top. He's the top of our priorities. And he's really the one that's leading and guiding and directing uh, our souls in our life and really having lordship in our life. Um, put up that picture for me. I'm me put up a picture. Um, this is my youngest son, Luke. Isn't he cute? I mean, seriously, look at that, okay? It's cute, but it's scary, too. I mean, look at those eyes, okay? Now, he is in a brand new season of life. He's in the three-year-old stage, and, you know, like, we're trying to potty train, just, you know, put some underwear on him the other day, and he just, like, five minutes later, just peed straight through him, and then we put new ones on, and he peed again. And I'm like, man, it's a pretty freeing life. You know what I mean? Just kind of walk around and, you know, do what you want. And, you know, and he's got new habits, new obsessions. And right now his new habit and obsession is 100% picking his nose. Okay. I mean, it's just like, just like a really fun activity for Luke right now. Okay. And I mean, like, and even like, okay, so it's weird because like Ben My middle son has this nervous habit that, like, when things go wrong, he laughs. So, like, last night we're at dinner, and Luke started to freak out, and Ben's just going. (laughs) And we're just like, you're making this worse, like, a 100 times worse, okay? And now Luke's, like, nervous habit is just, like, he'll just stick his finger in his nose, okay? And he doesn't even, like, really dig, but he just holds it there, you know? And so we'll be like, Luke, this is dirty and gross, and he'll, you know, he's at the age, he just repeats whatever you said. He goes, dirty and gross, you know what I mean? He just, like, I smiles and, you know, says it back to me. And then, you know, we push his hand away and we say no. And when we say no and push his hand away, he gives us this look, okay? This is like, I'm staring into your soul and judging you right now. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to do what I darn well pleased to do, you know? And so... You know, we'll go back and forth, back and forth. Where we're laying, nobody will ever know, you know, we're just it's a three-year-old type deal, you know, to the point where he eventually kind of like breaks down. He's like, I want to pick my nose, you know what I mean? And we'll be like out at a restaurant, we'll be like, yeah, God, you know, let nobody hear this right now, you know. But I think a lot of times in life, we're a little bit like Luke where we have some habits or we have some things that God is asking of us and requiring of us, and we're like, no, God, I really like picking my nose. You're like, no, God, this really feels good. I know it's dirty. I know it's gross. I know it's not your best. But, God, I really, really enjoy this, and I don't want to move away from it. We see this happen in this story in the book of Jonah. Go with me to Jonah. It's in the OT. Can I get an OT from everybody? OT. O-T? There we go. Old Testament. I love saying that. I don't know why. Jonah chapter 1, 1 through 3. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. We'll have it on the screen for you. It says this. The Lord gave a message to Jonah. Get up and go to the city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against them because I've seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went the opposite direction to get away from God. Have you ever done that? God goes, hey, um, I need you to be faithful in this area. Uh, God goes, hey, um, I need you to watch your tongue over here. You know, God goes, I need you to walk in love and peace. And we just go, you're yeah, right, God. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know what they did to me. You know what they said. You don't know the situation. And we just kind of just walk the other direction. Goes on to say, he went down to the port of Joppa. I think that's what it is, Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarsus. He bought a ticket and got on board, hoping to escape from the Lord. And I love that the Bible says that, hoping. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Okay. <laughs> You know, like, hoping. I think there's times that we, like, try to hide from God, just like Adam and Eve tried to hide from God. Like, you know, I know I'm in sin, but I'm just going to kind of go over here and kind of hide from him, hoping to go, you know, God's not going to find me. Oh, God's God, and <laughs> he knows where you're at, and he knows what's going on in your soul. It's one of these moments that I look at Jonah, and I'm thinking kind of like, what are you thinking? You ever read the Bible, and you're like, man, you, you can kind of, like, see what's about to happen, you're like, man, I can't believe you're doing that, Jonah. And you kind of have that moment where you're like, man, I'm really glad I'm not Jonah. But then you read a little longer and you're like, no, I really am Jonah. (laughs) And this really is just a picture of my life and really what's happening. Verse two, again, it said, God speaks to him. says, get up and go to the city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against him because I've seen how wicked the people are. So the question is this, does God speak to us? I ask this question that, You know, dinner party the other night. I said, how many of you, you know, hear from the Lord? How many of you have struggled hearing from the Lord? And, and, you know, it was amazing. About 80% of the hands went up and said, "I, I struggle hearing from the Lord. But the reality is that the Holy Spirit and the Lord wants to speak to us. And how do we know this? Because John chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus says this. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. What is Jesus talking about? Jesus is going, listen, I'm about to die on the cross. I'm about to go back to heaven. I'm about to go back to the Father, and it's going to be a good thing for you because I, here on earth, can't be all places all the time. But when I leave, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you to infill your soul so that he can speak to you directly. Isn't that a great thing? Holy Spirit dwells in us. Spirit of truth. He will not speak on his own, but tell you only what he has heard. Heard from what? The Holy Spirit hears directly from God and then translates it to us personally. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory, telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine, and this is why I said the the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So the question is, does God speak to us? It is an emphatic yes. And he will speak to you about everything in your life if you let him. If you let him. You know, I remember um, a couple weeks ago, um, I got home, long day, and I don't know about you, I was talking about this at dinner party, for me, like, those are moments that I kind of just want to, like, like mentally check out sometimes, kind of get an amen from anybody, you're like, yeah, 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 okay. And so, like, for me, my go-to is, like, you know, obviously, the calves are done, it's just super sad, I mean, it's just so sad right now, the finals were so pathetic, and, uh, or, or I'll, like, kind of run to, you know, sports center or whatever. And so, like, I'm, I'm just sitting there. Or my new thing right now is uh, the show Beat Bobby Flay. Anybody watch that show, Beat Bobby Flay? Super great show. I mean, top five, to be honest. And so, and so I'm, like, watching TV, and, and I'm looking at Jess, and she's sitting on the couch, and the boys, like, are in bed. And I just got that nudge from the Holy Spirit. I said, go sit by your wife. And I was like... I'm super tired right now. You know what I mean? Just to be honest, like, in my mind, I'm having this, like, argument with God. Like, God, I am, like, really burnt toast right now. I'm super tired. Like, I've given, like, everything I've had, like, for the day. Like, I literally just want to watch Bobby Flay get beat right now. You know, like, that would be the best thing that could happen. And so I have one of those moments where I go, no, God. I'm really not interested in doing what you asked of me right now. And and this happens all the time. All the time. In our careers, our marriage, with our children, in our time, in our fears, in our our hopes, in our dreams. All these things the Holy Spirit is trying to nudge you. Somebody asked me the other night, how do you know when it's God speaking to you? And I said, well, you know God speaking to you in two ways. Number one, the Word of God. Like, the Word of God is really important. And because When you know the word of God and you hide it in your heart, like it says in the book of Isaiah, the word of God then sticks in your heart and the word of God can come up and teach you and lead you and guide you into all truth all the time. So the word of God. But then the other side is this the Holy Spirit is going to lead you with peace or not peace. Sometimes it's just so simple. You know, I was talking about sometimes, you know, if you're driving a car and there's a green light, you don't think twice about going through that green light. You have complete peace that it's green, and I'm going to go, okay? Same thing happens in our relationship with God sometimes. You know, like, sometimes we don't need to ask God what his opinion is because the Holy Spirit inside of us is going, yes, that is right. It's a, it lines up with the word of God completely. So, like, I don't need to ask God, like, hey, God, should I honor my wife? You know what I mean? Like, you know, maybe I get frustrated, but is it a question of honor? No, because Ephesians chapter 5 tells me exactly my role as a husband, right? So if I have the word of God in me, it comes up, and sometimes I just have a green light, and it's just peace. Now, sometimes we do have the tension between the red light and the green light. Where there's moments where we're like, God, I don't really know if you're wanting me to do this or if you're not wanting me to do it, if you're asking me to do this. And sometimes I think depending on where we're at in our relationship with God, it is one of those moments where we're learning how to flow with the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's okay. Like, you all learned how to ride a bike one day. Okay? It wasn't like one day you just got on the bike and you're like, I know exactly how to ride this bike. Correct? Correct? So that meant that you had trial and error in riding that bike, just like anything else in life. So sometimes God's going to go, listen, there's a yellow light. And the yellow light's not because he's frustrated or upset at you. It's because he's trying to help you understand how to tune in his voice. Okay, So you might make a decision and go, oh, that wasn't God. That's okay. That's okay. I think we like are so scared of failure all the time. Sometimes it's okay to be like, yeah, we missed the mark. That's right. That's why we have the word of God. It just brings us back into alignment with exactly what God wants for our life. But then sometimes it's just an emphatic no. You know, there, there are times that me and Jess will have a conversation about something with our children. You know, like recently, um, our son Ben was asked to go um, have a sleepover with one of the kids uh, that he went to school with this year. And, and me and Jess just kind of had a conversation. And she said, what do you th- what do you think? I said, I just, don't, I just don't have a green light. And she was like, yeah, I don't either. And we just said, no. Now, do we have any hard facts about this kid or this family or the house or any of the, those type of things? No. I'm just trusting that the Lord knows what's best for my children and that he's going to speak to me and he's going to give me peace about who he needs to spend time with and who he doesn't need to spend time with. And there's going to be moments where he's not going to give me peace and I'm just going to go, you know what, Ben, we just don't have peace. And that's what we do. We don't, we don't hide things from our kids. We teach them the word. We teach them the Holy Spirit. So we told Ben, we said, listen, we just don't have a peace about this and so we're going to say no. We're not going to try to like. You know, give them, you know, a backwards, you know, know, direction of why we said no. It's just no sometimes because the Lord says no. Back to Jonah, chapter 1, verse 8, okay? So Jonah gets on the boat, and the boat takes off, and all of a sudden, they're in a storm, okay? Verse 8 says, why are we in this awful storm that has come down upon us, they demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What nationality are you? Jonah replies, I am Hebrew, and I worship the Lord God of heaven who has made the seas and the land. And the sailors were terrified when they heard this, for they had already been told that he was running away from the Lord. And they said to this, oh, why have you done this? And they groaned. They look at Jonah and go, why are you running from God? Because the reality is sometimes when you're running from God, it's not just hurting you, but it's hurting other people too. Sometimes you're their answer. Jonah was their answer to Nineveh. Nineveh is hurting as a country, as a nation, as a people group, and they need who? They need Jonah. But sometimes when we run from God, we think, oh, it's just all about my little world. It's okay if I run from God. It's not really affecting or harming anybody else. And sometimes the Bible like clearly shows us, no, no, your life has ramifications, has it connects to other people. It's not always just simply about you and your life and your family and your little world. It goes on and says this. And since the storm was getting worse all the time they ask him what should we do to stop the storm and jonah says throw me into the sea <laughs> i'm like good for you jonah <laughs> you know what i mean like you know i've been on a cruise boat and i have seen the dark of night in the sea i'm like that is no nothing to play with and jonah says throw me in the sea and it will become calm again for i know this terrible storm was all my fault Ain't that the truth? And I said, ain't. Okay, I I said it. Isn't that the truth? That there are times in our life where we're going, why am I in this storm? Why am I dealing with this? And the truth is, it's like, man, if I would have just shut my mouth, if I would have bit my tongue, if I would have just not said what I really wanted to say, and I would have just trusted the Lord to fight my battles and have my back, I probably wouldn't be in this situation. How many times in life are we facing hardship simply because we go, Lord, I know what you want me to do, but I'm really not interested in doing it. You know, how many fights have I been in my marriage simply because I don't want to honor my wife's love language? I love, my wife's love language is words. I'm not great with my words all the time, okay, especially in my house. Sometimes my tones, my, my, the way that I speak something can come off very harsh, and there are so many times that I get to the end of the day, and I know she's frustrated at me, and I know she's upset, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? And she'll go, Jeff, come on. Do you not remember the conversation we had at like 10 o'clock this morning? And I'm like, no, (laughs) you know what I mean? Just like, you know, I've, I've, you know, processed and gone on and I'm like into the next day, the next week, the next month. And she goes, come on, Jeff. When are you going to when are you going to get this? This is her love language. And the Holy Spirit will deal with me. And yeah, I'll go, no God, no God, no God, no God, no God. And sometimes I think this happens in our life and God's going, hey, I need you to sow into your marriage or I need to sow into a coworker. I need you to sow into this situation. We go, no God, no God. And then we figure out, we get to a place where like, there's no life, right? And we're like, why is there no life in my marriage? It's like, well, I just really didn't want to listen to what the Lord was speaking to me. I really just didn't want to do what the Lord was asking of me. Uh, and we find ourselves in this place where we're in the middle of a storm, and we're going, why am I in this storm? Because really, what what is the question? The question is, well, what is sin? Right? The sin, I mean, can we, like, go through the Bible and define every sin? You know, there was the law, but then Jesus came, and he, you know, won, won victory over the law. And then Jesus said, hey, love your neighbor as yourself. Love me with all of your heart, soul, and mind. What is Jesus saying? Hey, if you allow me to guide your life, you know what? There's going to come peace and joy. But what really is sin? It's knowing what God is asking us to do, but us going, no, God, I'm not interested in it. That's really what sin is. And then the real question is then, Well, what is lordship? Right? Because I think we've gotten away from this picture of. Jesus being Lord of our life. That was a really big thing, like, growing up in the 80s and the 90s. I don't know if any of you went to church in the 80s and the 90s, but, like, that was a big word, a big topic. And I think that, like, somewhere in the midst of, like, culture and new church, like, that has easily kind of gone to the side. And we don't really use this word lordship. It's a really, like, big, old word. You know what I mean? You think of, like, knights and Vikings and, you know what I mean? And, and like, well, what really is lordship? You know, lordship really, in the Greek, means this. Biblically, it means this. Authority and dominion. One who possesses dominion. So it means this, that Jesus has authority in my life. And he is the dominant one in my life. See? That's what lordship is. That's when we say, I've made Jesus the lord of my life. We're saying, I am no longer the Lord of my life. He is the Lord of my life, and he directs my life. This is what lordship is. And so if he's Lord, and then he is speaking to me about something, it's an easy thing to go, yes, God, you're Lord. I'm not. But you know what? We go, no, I'm the Lord of my career. Right? Or, you know, I'm the Lord of my money. Or I'm the Lord of my time. And we fight God. We fight his lordship in our life all the time. You remember, um, I don't know if it was a song or a commercial, but there was this, like, jingle. It's been in my head. It was that one that said, I'm free to do what I want. Any old time. Was that a commercial? A song? It was on a commercial. Thanks, Megan worship leader would know. So remember that song, I am free to do what I, I'm such a bad singer. I mean, just such a bad singer. Listen, this, this is what happens in our soul. We go, God, I want to be free to do what I want when I want, correct? I want freedom to do what I feel at the moment, God. I'm really not interested in lordship. I'm really interested in just like knowing Jesus and, like, being good with Jesus and being okay with Jesus and just, like, I just hope it's enough that I don't go to hell someday. Right? It's more like fire insurance. Right? Like, I just uh, just hope that I have enough that I don't, you know, get eternal damnation. Because I want to be free. I want to be free. Like, if I, if I don't want to honor my marriage and I want to look elsewhere, I'm free to do that if I want to. And the Lord goes, No. Not when I'm Lord. You know, me and Jess are about to celebrate 15 years of marriage. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Why are we married 15 years later? Because the Lord's the Lord of our life. And the Lord's the Lord of our marriage. And I'm sure there's been days that Jess is like, skip this dude. I am done with him and his shoes. I'm going to throw them out the window, you know. But why why are we together? Because the Lord's the Lord of our marriage. He's the Lord of our home. And even though things get hard or tight or stressful at moments, It doesn't change that God's the Lord of our house and he's the Lord of our life. It never changes. See, sin, okay, sin, freedom to sin will always lead to bondage. Always. Always. We know it personally from our own life and we know plenty of other people that went, you know what, I'm free to do what I want. Any old time. I'll do what I want when I want. Talk to my hand. I ain't got time for you. And then what happens nine months later? They're in bondage, struggling, trying to figure out how to get out of this bondage. But I want you to look at your neighbor and say, thank God for grace. Just look at your neighbor and say, thank God for grace. You're like, oh, Jesus. I mean, everybody's like, I am burning in hell right now. Like, I am just the worst of the worst. I know that's how I feel sometimes. There's days I'm just like, oh, Jesus, I know you're going to dip me in for about five minutes, you know? (laughs) Jonah chapter 2, or Jonah 1, sorry, Jonah 1, verse 17, verse 17. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. I don't know about you, but that's, like, super comical to me, okay? I mean, like, God had a plan, and the plan was a fish. And the plan was for a fish to swallow a man, and for a man to live inside a fish, okay? Like, hashtag, I'm inside of a fish, you know what I mean? Like, you know? I mean, somebody needs to hashtag that, you know what I mean? I'm inside the fish right now, you know? Come come save me, you know? I just... You know, there's times in the Bible I'm just like, wow, God, you are wild. And this is, this is so crazy. But how cool of God. God goes, you're an idiot. <laughs> right? God goes, you're an idiot. Come on, little fishy. Here we go. Come swallow my friend Jonah. You know? It says this in, in chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed to God from inside of the fish. <laughs> so then Jonah prayed to God inside the fish. Isn't it amazing that when we get to the end of ourselves, we cry out to God? We get to the end of our rope, and we go, okay, God, I have, I have royally messed up my life. And we cry out to God. In verse 2, it says this. I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. That that needs to be like a quote on your house somewhere, okay? I mean, that just needs to be a quote somewhere that you see all the time. I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. Aren't you glad for God's grace? You know? I love that, like, this is Old Testament. This is, like, before Jesus. This is before Jesus comes and gives his life and brings grace because we are living in this season of grace because of what Jesus did on the cross. And this is the Old Testament before Jesus, yet we still see God's mercy, his grace, his love, his heart for people all the time. And God sends a fish. To swallow Jonah. Jonah chapter 3. Worship team, you guys can come on up. Jonah chapter 3, verse 1. It says, the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. If you're taking notes, write down the God of second chances. The God of second chances. I, I would like to say that I serve the God of second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth and tenth. In about 14,562, that's the God that I serve, okay? It says that, that God spoke to Jonah a second time. He says, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given to you. Can I, can I just tell you a quick story? My... Um, one of my best friends, his name's Chris Stewart, um, we, we became youth pastors at the very same time. My first ministry job was in Mississippi. His first ministry job was in, um, in Houston, Texas. And, um, and let's just say that he was frustrated in his position there. And I'll never forget one day, Chris called me and he said, Jeff, I am, I'm done with this place and I'm quitting And I was like, are you sure? Like, you sure this is what God wants? And he goes, dude, they've offended my wife. I'm super upset. Like, I am so done. And so he quit his job. Three weeks later, he moved from Houston, Texas, to Des Moines, Iowa. Took a job in Des Moines, Iowa at a church there. Two months after he took that job, the pastor who had been there for 24 years resigned. They brought a new pastor in. The new pastor fired everybody. He lost his job. He took another job at a church. Six months later, got fired. After that, he was like, I'm done with ministry. And he went and worked for Quick Trip in Iowa. Became a manager. And for the next seven years works for Quick Trip. And I and I got to tell you, every time I would get on the phone with them, the Holy Spirit would rise up inside of me, and I'd be like, Chris, you know what you're called to do. You're not called to work at Trip, Quick Trip. You're not called to be a manager for them. You're not called to open up stores for them. You're called to do ministry. I couldn't run from the message God was putting inside of me for him. And I'll never forget the season came, and I would call Chris. We were like, I mean, we were best friends. We interned together. We were youth pastors together. And I'll never forget that season. I started calling him, and he wouldn't answer the phone. And he wouldn't call me back. We didn't talk for over two years. And I had just kind of come to the place that I thought, you know what? I guess the friendship's done. The Friendship's over. I'll never forget this one night, I'm driving home, and I get a call, and it's Chris. And I'm, like, so excited. I'm, like, oh, my gosh, how are you doing? He's, like, I'm doing great. You will never believe what is happening in my life right now. I'm, like, what? What's going on? He goes, he goes, remember New Covenant Church in Texas, in, in Houston, Texas, where, where you know, I left? And I was, like, yeah, absolutely. He goes, Pastor Mass just called me and told me the Lord woke him up in the middle of the night and told me to hire you again, my friend Chris, and to bring you back to Texas. And I was like, are you serious right now? He goes, yeah, I'm moving in two weeks. I'm like, what are you going to do? He goes, I'm going to be a youth pastor. Just like he was, just like he was, just like he was Why? know why? Because God doesn't forget what he says. Sometimes God speaks to us about something like, just to be really honest, Like God has spoken to me about some things in my marriage right now, and God's going, we're not going past this moment. And I will keep taking you back and back you back to what I spoke to you originally. Until you figure this out, we're not going forward. Why? It's not because God doesn't love me or God doesn't care about me. It's because God wants me to grow. God wants me to become all that I'm called to be in my marriage, in my family as your pastor. Right? So what does God say to Jonah? He goes, we're going to go right back to the original word I gave you the original thing I told you. And for some of us in this room today, there are things that God has spoken directly to our souls. We've had moments in God's presence, and he's spoken to us, and we went, no, God, no, God, I got a different plan, and God's going, nope, come on, come right back to my work, come back to my truth, come back to this moment. I want to take you into a great season, but I need you to follow with me. Verse 3, this time, Jonah, oh. Obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh. A city so large that it only took three days to it took three days to see it all. Why don't you stand up this morning? I woke up the other morning and God was just so clear with me. it was one of those moments where I like woke up instantly and the Holy Spirit started speaking to me right away. He said, It's a season of yes. He said, it's a season of yes. What is God saying? He's saying, it's a season of following my voice. Season of following my direction. A season of obedience. A season of trusting me. Amen? Amen a lot of us that need this season. We need a season of yes. We need a season of going, God, what are you saying to me about my marriage and my kids and my time and my money and my career and my future? And God, whatever you say, it's yes. But that's a surrendered heart. Jonah got to that place where he surrendered his heart to go, all right, God, whatever you want, I want what you want. Amen. We need a season of yes in our soul.